Man, that was a crazy game that the Bears played out in New York, and there's a lot of questions that come from it. Welcome in to the House of L podcast, our Bears breakdown. I'm Lawrence Holmes here with you for a little while. Okay, there's a lot to dissect from this game. The biggest thing, of course, is that, you know the Bears lost and they're eight and four. It doesn't look like it's going to hurt them division wise, but my dreams of them maybe getting a buy, I think, are probably gone. I think you can you can bet on the Bears playing on Wild Card Weekend. It's not to say that it's it's completely over in the division, but it's it's pretty much over in the NFC North with the what the Vikings did against the. Patriots, like as I'm recording this, they're down 24-10. Hopefully they don't come back and prove me wrong. But the Packers lost. So all of that stuff, Detroit lost what? The whole NFC North looks like, at least when I'm recording this, is going to lose. I'm going to get to to this game in a minute, but I do want to tell you about our sponsor for our Bears podcast are the Chicago Wolves. They're great. As I'm recording tonight, they are just finishing – their teddy bear toss, which they are giving out teddy bears, which I think is great to kids that need them. And you bring a teddy bear, you throw it onto the ice, it becomes a big thing. And, and that was on, on, on December 2nd, the same day that, that we're recording. They have another theme night that's coming up. December 29th, I'm going to be there for that. I'm going to also give away some tickets to that. So if you're someone who wants to, Come and hang out on Superhero Night at the Wolves game. Hit me up, Podcast at gmail.com. And I'll put you into the raffle to see who gets to go. And I believe the tickets are next to me. I believe that's the way it's going to work. Also, if you want to take your little ones out to go skate on the ice that the Wolves skate on, there are three post-game skates, three Saturday nights, December 15th, January 9th, and February 23rd. ChicagoWolves.com if you want to find out more, but they're doing some really, really cool stuff over at the Wolves, and we're glad that they're a partner of this podcast. You should check them out on social as well on Twitter at Chicago underscore Wolves. So how are you feeling about the Bears game? It was, oof. There are moments in this game where you just go, wow, like the beginning. Like, we could start, like, right at the beginning of the game where the Bears looked out of sync and where Chase Daniel didn't look very good. I know that there are some people, I've already seen the the tweets of how is it that after a bye you get the performance that the Bears had against Miami? How is it after 10 days off you get the performance that the Bears gave against the Giants? I think that those are interesting questions. And I think if we have a little bit more data, we can ask. So next year, how do the Bears come out of the bye? Does Matt Nagy change anything about the way that he goes about giving guys time off or or how he approaches approaches the practices when guys come back from time off? I think there are some legitimate questions there once we get into more than just a, a two-game sample. If we see that this is happening again, then maybe we ask the question. Chase Daniel didn't play well until the end. In the fourth quarter, he played really well, and the Bears were able to push this thing into overtime, which gives you an idea of why the Giants are 3-8, and eight. also because their quarterback's trash. 
Eli Manning's trash. Like, he is awful. You want to know Eli Manning's numbers? This is the team that beat the Bears today. Eli Manning's numbers, 19 of 35. Wow. For 170 yards. Sacked three times, a touchdown and interception, and a rating of 65.2. The Giants had 219 yards passing because of the 49-yard touchdown that Odell Beckham threw to to Russell Shepard. By the way, what, what were the Bears doing on defense on that play? Go look at it again. They're, Prince of Mukamara is like mirroring Shepard on the sideline. And I'm just sitting there going, why, why don't you go and cover that guy? And I get, maybe it's not your area. I don't know what the defense was, but they didn't seem to have a great defense on for that play. And the Giants got points out of it. And it's not something that should shock anyone because Odell Beckham Jr. has a 57-yard touchdown that he threw earlier in the year. The guy's an athlete. He also turtled on that onside kick. Wow. You talk about, if you ever want to look up the term, if you were to look up the term business decisions in an imaginary dictionary, there would be a video of Odell Beckham trying to swat the onside kick out of bounds instead of going down there and grabbing it. They may have been better off not having him on the hands team, even though he's got the best hands on the team. Because some second string tight end is going to run up and fight for that ball instead of letting the ball play him. And then the bears got it back. And then the bears were able to roll when the fact that they were down seven with a minute 13 left and one timeout, and they were able to rally to get themselves in a position to tie that game is pretty incredible. I know there are some people who look at this and go, Hey, it's, they should take that as a positive. Nagy was one of them. He said it in the post game that, that it's a positive that they were able to battle back. And I, I agree to a certain extent. The thing that makes you frustrated, though, is that this is a team that you should beat. Trash quarterback defense that I want to say was 25th ranked in the league before this game. I give them credit. They put together an exceptional game plan for Chase Daniel. They were able to bring pressure. They got pressure in the right places. The Bears offensive line, I didn't think, had a very strong game today. Daniel was sacked five times. They were bringing pressure up the middle. They were keeping Daniel from being able to step up in the pocket and throw or to survey the field. You see some of the limitations. And I tweeted it out. Backups are backups for a reason. And I, I saw Mark Potash, uh, the Sun-Times, tweet out that he kind of fell for the, the rhetoric of, well, they're going to be fine because Chase Daniel knows the offense. There's a reason that he's only started four games. Now, he, he's done it well, and he has finessed the league for $30 million and the Bears for $10 million. But you can see the limitations. He's short. His arm is okay, but I wouldn't call it strong. He's mobile, but not escape mobile, like with Mitch. Like, Mitch has that thing. And people got a chance to see him. Chase Daniel, if you were wondering, 
26 to 39, which that's not terrible. 285 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. The interception to Ogletree, it, it, I bet if we were to ask the Giants in a, a honest moment, they will tell you that they had scouted that look because Alec Ogletree seemed to understand exactly where the ball was going and threw himself into the passing lane and then gets into the passing lane and scores. It's your backup quarterback. I'll say this for Daniel. He's doing exactly what you're supposed to do as a backup. Your backup is supposed to go 500. He's supposed to make it. You're supposed to have a backup who's good enough that it isn't a disaster. And it hasn't been a disaster. He was really good against the Lions and not so good against the Giants. My hope is that Trubisky is back next week against the the Rams because I don't think you're, even though the Rams' defense gives up a lot of points, I don't think you're winning a shootout with Chase Daniel versus the Rams. And I am concerned that whether it's Trubisky or Daniel, the amount of pressure that Aaron Donald can create up the middle and collapsing the pocket scares me a little bit for the Bears next week. If it's Trubisky, you've seen him, you know, throw on the run pretty well. You've seen him make plays with his feet, get down the field. But if it's Daniel, they they got a real problem. Now, here's the latest on Trubisky. He hadn't been throwing up until Friday. On Friday, he threw a little bit in practice, and that's when they said, you know, he had limited participation in practice, and he was listed as doubtful. He threw Sunday morning. Stacey Dales from NFL Network, who does a great job, by the way. At some point, I'm going to get her on the interview version uh, of House of L. She got video of Mitch throwing the ball before the game. So that's a good sign, at least that we've moved to the point where he can throw the ball. Now, does that mean that he can throw without pain? Does that mean that he, if if he threw today and threw more than he threw on Friday, it's kind of like when we're talking about pitchers. Is he feeling all right to go in and play next week? How does this change him, if at all? It might not change him at all. Mitch may be a dude that doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to keep running because I make plays when I run. But... It's the type that hit is the type of hit where you end up losing games and you end up losing time. And then your team loses a game because you're not around. I wonder how it will affect him. And and Nagy had said it a couple of weeks ago. He's never gone through something like this before. So how does he end up going through it? The run game was better today. Jordan Howard got the ball 16 times for 76 yards. Although, and someone actually brought this up. I threw it out for questions. He only got the ball four times in the second half. I'm looking at this right now on my Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. Recording the podcast now. What are your questions? What are your Bears questions? There are 33 of them. Here, I'll start with this one. Why not run more with Jordan Howard? I don't know. Hub brought up today on the scores pregame show, a really interesting soundbite where he was talking to Nagy about runs and called runs versus run pass option stuff, where sometimes 
the original play is a run. Mitch, you know, counts the box, looks at where everyone is, and maybe changes it to a pass versus straight. We're going to call 24 dive. We're going to call 22 dive and just give Jordan Howard the ball with no chance to, to audible out of it. It's just a straight up run play. He it, it's, it's a really great conversation like football conversation where Nagy is saying, look, some of those, those calls we call breathers. He calls them breather runs where it gives the quarterback a breather to just hand off the ball. He doesn't have to do any decision-making at all. And he said that the Bears need to call more of that. It felt like they called more of those runs. I'll have to check with Nagy later on this week to see if that is actually the case. But, yeah, it did seem like they were going away from him for a little bit. The defense also, I don't think they they were fine. I mean, I thought Akeem Hicks played great. Khalil Mack had a sack in the game. They weren't menacing in the game, and they didn't really take the ball away as much as you would expect for them to take the ball away against Eli Mack. He, like, he's begging. Like, that guy is begging you to pick six him. He's begging for it. Late throws, throws that are behind receivers, throws where he's just like, I don't care, and throwing it up. He is, I don't know how the Giants... And they won today, so it doesn't matter. But I don't know how, as a franchise, at this point, you can look at that and be like, yeah, he gives us a chance to win games. And I know I'm saying that in the aftermath of them actually winning a game. But my goodness, is that guy done? He is done. You can't tell me while you were watching the fourth quarter in overtime that you weren't sitting there thinking, Eli's going to give the Bears one. You were thinking that 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 Stafford play was going to happen, and it should have. I mean, these numbers are atrocious. 19 to 35, that's atrocious, and and yet they ended up getting the win. It's it's really crazy. I didn't think that they, they played their best game. Some of you have been critical of Eddie Jackson for his lack of tackling, and I thought that it reared its ugly head again. Maybe he is Ed Reed. Maybe he's just going to be a guy that ball. And I know that sounds like I'm taking a shot at Ed Reed. I actually love Ed Reed, one of my favorite players. But maybe it just means that what Eddie's strength is, is is playing the pass, getting downhill, and making a play on the ball. And he did have six tackles today. But there were a couple where you go, ooh, you should have had that one. You should have definitely had that tackle. Roquan Smith had a play like that where you're hoping that he makes a play and he doesn't. I am so impressed with Saquon Barkley. That guy, 24 carries for him, 125 yards. And that carry that he had before the half where basically, there's a couple things on that, by the way. Basically, the Giants are saying, we surrender. We're getting the ball to start the second half. We surrender. Don't worry about it. And he comes up with a huge run. Barkley goes for 22 yards with 17 seconds left. One of the biggest problems that I had with this is the Bears should have called timeout earlier. And they didn't. And they thought, oh, let's give a play. He makes a big run. 
Then Manning hits that pass to Ellison. Then they're able to kick the 57-yard field goal, and they they get within four points at the half. And then they get the ball to start the third quarter. They go right down the field. It's 17-14. They're feeling great about themselves. And it was all because, one, I, I thought that Nagy had mismanaged the clock a little bit. The Bears didn't do a great job of tackling Barkley. They didn't do a great job of playing outside leverage on the next play where you know that they have to get out of bounds. And then you get a 57-yard field goal. So that some of that stuff was questionable, but my goodness, is he impressive. He also had three catches for 21 yards, but watching him run, the way that he likes to de- deliver punishment, the way that he can kind of do a little bit of everything is, is very, very cool. Not to be outdone, Tariq Cohen, man, that, that dude balls out too. I always worry about him because he's so small. And that he seems willing to play bigger than his stature. He sometimes runs backwards, which drives me crazy. But he'll run backwards five yards to make a 10-yard run. And he does it routinely. In this game, it was one of those games where Tariq needed to be your biggest weapon in the passing game. And he was. 12 catches for him, 156 yards. Had a long of 46. Put them in position to make plays. And would have had... A touchdown if Daniel would have got that to his inside shoulder instead of his outside shoulder. Just making big plays all day. Carried the ball eight times for 30 yards. So 186 total yards for him from scrimmage. There was the fumble. And there was the Chicago special or Oompa Loompa or whatever they're calling it. Where he threw the pass. You know what's weird? And I guess it's a yardage issue because it's only for one yard. But his passer rating was 118.8 and not 158.3. So I'm guessing that yardage plays a role in the calculation of your passer rating. Because Odell Beckham, one, one attempt for 49 yards and a touchdown, his passer rating was 158.3. Those two guys were the best quarterbacks on the field. They were getting stuff done. But Cohen's so fun to watch, man. He's so, because he drives you insane. Like, like you're like, don't do it. Don't. Oh, my God, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. He drives you insane with it. But he comes up with big plays. So the Bears are 8-4. and four. There were a lot of things that you went, ah, that's too bad. I But it, I. I don't think it's like a harbinger of anything else that's going to happen to him. I just think it was maybe you took the Giants lightly. And I know that there are some people who are like Trubisky should have played that you don't take teams lightly in the NFL. And you're right. You're not supposed to. And Nagy had said on Friday, we're not doing that. Like we're taking every team seriously. This isn't that. Now I have some questions. I may call shenanigans on that. Because I think if you look at the way they handle Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson, it's similar to what they're doing with Trubisky and in portions of your schedule that you would probably call soft. Hopefully, you'll see Trubisky because if you don't see him next week, that means that something went really wrong in that game against Minnesota. 
really wrong. Because your quarterback shouldn't be gone for three weeks and you're talking about, oh, he's day-to-day. So hopefully he'll be back. Let me get back to your questions. David asked, why not go for two and the win in regulation? Nagy said that he had already made up his mind that he was going for one. I agree with him. You're the better team. The longer the game goes, the more likely it is that you're going to win. Now, now it didn't work. They lost. And maybe you can make the, the argument that because you have a backup quarterback in, you should try to get your two because a lot of people do believe that you go for two on the road to try and win. There's that philosophy. I felt like the Bears, whatever you believe momentum to be, they had it going into the overtime, and the defense didn't do enough to to stop Eli and the boys from driving down the field and, and kicking a field goal, and then the Bears got sloppy. You got bad snaps. You got Daniel taking his eye off of a snap that hit him right in the head. You, I mean, you had you had some stuff going on with the center quarterback exchange today that was pretty ugly. And they said, you know, partially it was because of the ball being wet, but I will say that the Giants didn't seem to have them type of problems. Let's see what else. Ricky says, if Chase played this way on Thanksgiving, does Mitch still sit today? That's an interesting question. But I, my answer is probably no, because he didn't start throwing until Friday. Now, there were some people who thought, the guys that I work with over at NBC Sports Chicago were saying, if this were a playoff game, they would have expected Mitch to play. It wasn't a playoff game, and in the grand scheme of things, you probably don't lose too much from losing it. But it's an interesting point. If Daniel looked bad, here's the thing about Daniel, and I thought that he played great, and you can go back and listen to the last podcast. The offense still did only give up. They only scored 16 points. By the way, as I'm recording this, I got some bad news for you Bears fans. Mike McCarthy has just been fired in Green Bay. That's terrible news for you because now they might hire a competent coach. Maybe it's Cliff Kingsbury. Have him doing all that fun stuff. That will oop-de-oop offense with the best quarterback in the league. That could be problematic. But as I'm sitting here right now, that's the the breaking news. So that's bad news. All right, let me get back to your questions, and I'm going to get out of here. Jay says, are we seeing rookie mistakes by a rookie head coach? I, I thought the way he handled the clock at the end was not great, but we talked about that. Clutch says, what happened to the defense? I, I don't know. I thought that they would menace Eli Manning a little bit more than they did. They gave up between the two running backs. Let's see. I, I'm not good at math, but you have 140 yards on 29 carries. So over four yards a carry and over 140 yards. Like that's bad for them. They didn't, when they had chances, they didn't execute as well as we've seen them do in the past. Trill says, why is Chase Daniel trusted as the Bears quarterback? And who who could we have signed? He was the best guy. The quarterbacking around the league is, is not a deep position. There's nothing wrong with Chase Daniel. He he's a good backup quarterback, but that's that's as far as it should go. 
This is why you don't want backup starting. Joshua says, do you think the Week 17 game in Minnesota will be for the division? Yeah, You know what? I don't. I think the Bears are going to have the division won by then. I just, I don't know. I don't trust Minnesota as much as I did at the beginning of the year. And that's after seeing their quarterback play. I I just don't, I don't trust it. And they're, they're, they're losing to New England. So they had their chance. They knew before they kicked it off that the Bears had lost and all they had to do was win and it's a half game lead and then maybe that game does mean something. But I don't think it's, I think the Bears are winning this division easily. And, and my whole thing is I, I'm just wondering now who they're going to play. Like now you're looking around, is it Carolina? Is it the Seahawks? Like who are you going to play in the wild card game? And I, I don't want the Bears to play the Seahawks again. I've, I've made that up in my mind. I don't want to see that. What else we got here? Um, This from Robert. Simple. Why not go for two? We talked about that. This from Randy. Why is Mac dropping in cover so much? Well, they like to do that. They think that he's athletic. You're trying to, to come up with different things to make def- offenses uncomfortable. You want to show them different looks. You don't want to rush them every time, but I I swear that that video of him taking the left tackle and just destroying him with one arm, the guy is a freak. He's an absolute freak. Gino says, Mitch looked mad as hell as anyone got on the sideline picture of Mitch today watching the game. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but I think you're – are you saying that Mitch looked really mad today? Great. Maybe that gets him back on the field faster or not. And I know there are a lot of people who are mad about this game. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time, like, getting angry about it. Your team's 8-4. and four. They still have the same lead that they had in the division going into the game. But, yes, it was frustrating to see them have a team that's bad, knowing that a team is bad and not be able to put them down. It also makes you feel like, you know, there's something going on with the Bears on the road. Because they're not as good of a team on the road as they are at home. And we'll see how they do. They got the home game next week. I was looking at the forecast. I don't think cold is going to stop the Rams. I think wind could play a role, but I don't think cold is. And it looks like it's going to be 32 and like partially sunny next Sunday. But we shall see. What else? Oh, Allen Robinson is unbelievable. The catches he made today, the one down the sideline where he's got the, the David Tyree type catch, that's unbelievable. He was making catches in traffic. It was stupid good by him. Very impressive stuff. Kyle Fuller with another interception today. That's big. I'm happy that he got the contract. And the contract would have been much bigger. And I don't know if the if the Bears would have even paid it if he would have been a guy who intercepts the ball. And now you have a DB who's out there taking the ball away 
along with being a sure tackler. And you don't have to pay him like a DB who takes the ball away. Thanks to the Chicago Wolves for the podcast. We appreciate them supporting it. ChicagoWolves.com. You should go see a game. I'm going to go December 29th. If you're interested in, in going with me and being someone that I bring along for that, let me know. House of L podcast at Gmail. I got a few tickets that I can give away. If you want to come sit with me, it's a Saturday night, I do believe. And we'll watch the Wolves. Yeah, it's Saturday, December 29th. It's superhero night at the Wolves. We'll watch the game and we'll sit there in our superhero t-shirts or whatever and watch the Wolves probably win. They got three of the top 10 scores in the league right now, which is great. So thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. This week, we'll be back with another interview. I appreciate all the people that listened to the trip to Tuscaloosa. That was a lot of fun to, to share that. And I appreciate your support going forward. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. Give us a nice review. All that stuff helps. Remember, retweets are better than likes. So if you like the podcast, when you see me tweet it out, Quote tweet it and, and 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 let someone who's a Bears fan know that we do a Bears pod after every game, win or loss. We're here. Retweets are better than likes. I'm gonna put it on a t-shirt. The House of L logo is gonna be hot. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later on this week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.